And we pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. I can think of very few texts from Scripture that are more fitting for today than the gospel lesson for the fourth Sunday in Lent. Today, the, the feeding of the 5,000. This is an emergency situation. That 5,000 number isn't even counting women and children. So there's at least probably 10,000 people who are gathered here. And they're gathered in a desolate place. Not only have they been here there all day, but they've literally walked around the Sea of Galilee to get there, to find Jesus, to, to get to him as he's healing people, healing the sick, and preaching. There's no way they can make it home unless they get food, unless they get nourishment. And if they try, many will likely faint and maybe even die on the way home. The disciples are in a panic. Not only is there no village around that, that can provide uh, enough food for, for this many people, they don't have the money. And those five loaves and, and two small fish that some boy has probably aren't even enough to, to provide the disciples even one meal, let alone so many people. The disciples are desperate. They don't know what to do. This truly is a life or death situation. It's a crisis. And yet notice what Jesus does. He says, have the people sit down. Jesus is not worried. He's not frantically telling the people to start scavenging and foraging for food. Uh, they're not to, to go out and, and search all the stores uh, until they find some food. He tells them, sit down. Mark's gospel even says they sit down in groups of 50 to be fed, basically in large family groups together. Jesus is going to provide for them, for each family, in a calm and orderly way. They don't have to do anything. They are to sit and be provided for. They and their whole family together with them. We're not in a group of 10,000 people. Right now, we can't even gather in groups of more than 10. So while our situation may not be exactly the same, we're in a crisis too. And maybe we don't know what to do either. We don't know if we'll stay healthy. We don't know if we'll have enough food to last or if we'll have enough money in the future. One thing that we should take note of this account, however, is that we're not the first to face a crisis. And that doesn't make it any easier, but it, it should help put things into perspective, especially the, the perspective of what is truly important. John, in the way that he's writing and telling the gospel here, he mentions the Passover. And the Passover, if you remember, was, was the time when when the, the angel passed over all of the people that had the blood of the spotless lamb painted on the doorposts, and, and, and how the Passover saved them out of slavery in Egypt. And so John is purposely contrasting this feeding of the 5,000 with the way that God fed the Israelites 
as they wandered in the wilderness for the next 40 years. The Israelites were worried they were going to starve too. Even saying at one point the, that it would be better if they'd, they'd been left as slaves in Egypt because at least there they had enough food. But God provided for them in their exodus for 40 years by giving them manna to eat, which, which fell down each morning from heaven like rain, like dew. In some ways, though, this, this feeding of the 5,000 seems more desperate than what the Israelites did for 40 years because during the Exodus, they, they had gotten used to it. That was normal life for them. But in both cases, the Exodus and the feeding of the 5,000, while the people are, are terrified over what's going to happen, God knows what is going on. In fact, here, it's Jesus who created the crisis. Jesus is the one who has drawn them out, who has, who has drawn them all the way around this, this sea, this lake. Jesus is the one who has been preaching so long that they're still there as it's getting close to evening. And as he speaks to Philip about where they can go to, to buy bread, John tells us that Jesus only did this to, to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Jesus knew before he preached so long that he was going to provide for them. Because providing for our needs is what Jesus does. It's what God has always done. Rather, it's we who are tempted and get worried that God isn't going to provide. And Jesus knows this. So look what he does next. Jesus took the loaves and he gives thanks. He prays. He gives thanks for the food. This is almost too normal for us, isn't it? We pray too. We give thanks for our food too. But what a different mindset this actually does create in us. When I feed my cats, some of you know this because you've, you've fed our cats when we've been away. Uh, one of my cats will, will barely let me get the food in his bowl before he starts to, 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 to scarf it down. And if you have dogs, they do the same thing. They don't wait for you to, to, to set out their food. They don't, they don't pray before they eat. They just devour it. They go for it. They don't know any better. They act on instinct, and their instinct says that they are starving and, and that if they don't eat now, they're going to die, even though they just got fed three hours ago, and they'll get fed in another three hours. But we are not animals. We pray because we're not animals. We aren't desperate. We know that God loves us and provides for us more than even the animals. We know that God will provide. He has promised he will provide our daily bread. But you look around us today and you see how many people are desperate, who desperately devour and stock up on things like, like toilet paper because they let fear run their lives and they don't know the provider of all things. And sometimes we get desperate too. 
We panic not knowing where to, to get supplies. We, we, we panic not knowing what our job situation is going to be like in, in the next few days or weeks or months. We panic wondering if we are going to have enough money. But Jesus pauses, even amidst their panic, to pray. He treats this crisis like a normal meal. A normal meal which, again, God has, has graciously provided despite nothing that the people have done to earn or deserve it. God has graciously provided. And then he feeds them so that every single one of them is full. And they have 12 baskets full of leftovers. Now, I don't know in all of this if God is going to provide you with more than you had before. But what I do know is that God will provide what you need. And realize, too, that what you need the most is actually spiritual food, spiritual bread. It's in the same section that Jesus calls himself the bread of life. It's right after he feeds the 5,000 that the, that the people want to take him by force and make him their, their king, their bread king. They want him to continue miraculously providing bread uh, and food for their everyday lives. But Jesus wants to, to get them to see that he has come to provide first and foremost not, not earthly bread, but heavenly bread, bread for their eternal lives. Bread, physical food, uh, will only last a day or so. And that's a picture of how everything in this life doesn't last. It only lasts a little while. But Jesus provides the bread of life that will never fade away. And this, this imperishable food is one that, that sets our priorities in order. Jesus gives of himself in his word and sacraments, in his body and blood, in the Lord's Supper. Unfortunately, at this time, we're going to have to, to have to fast from the Lord's Supper. We're going to have to wait a while before we receive the Lord's Supper, at least together, all again. And so we may feel our, our hunger for, for Christ's means of grace, his heavenly food, now more than ever. And my prayer is that God will use this event to increase our hunger for his word and sacraments, not only uh, during this waiting period of isolation, this quarantine, but for our entire lives. In a sense, our, our entire lives are, are, are a waiting period of isolation, uh, quarantine, until God brings us into the true home, our true home, where there's true rest and no social distancing, but, but true and perfect communion. I'd like to focus on just one more detail from the feeding of the 5,000. And this actually comes from Mark's account. Let me read for you the beginning of Mark's telling of this. Jesus said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there are so many people coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. They went away into the boat to a deserted place by themselves. But many people saw them leave and knew where they were going. They ran there on foot all, from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. I have no doubt that one of the things that made the disciples even more worried and stressed and anxious 
was that, as Mark says, they did not even have a chance to eat or rest. And yet Jesus knowingly takes them across the sea. He knowingly has them wait all day while he preaches a long sermon until they are to eat and rest again. And again, what he's doing is he's showing them which food and which rest are truly important. The disciples have to provide for themselves before they can provide for others. Not just with physical bread, but with God's word. The same is true if you are on the front lines of this crisis that we're in now, helping people, or if you are a parent at home with your kids. You need to provide for yourself before you can provide for others. You are not enough for this crisis. Like the disciples, you don't have enough that can overcome this. You don't have enough strength. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough resources, enough food. You don't have enough of anything. But your Lord is enough. Your Lord is enough. So receive your Lord's words of forgiveness, peace, comfort, strength, and hope every day. Every spoonful of his holy word will give you the strength needed for these long and difficult days. Jesus is your priceless treasure, worth more than anything else you can stash in your house at this time. And if you get stressed over the next few weeks, days, or months before you go to the cupboard and start stress eating on junk food, open God's word. Open God's word as a family. Fill up on Jesus, the bread of life. Through him, you possess more than you could ever know. It's waiting for you in heaven. Jesus will not let you go hungry or faint on your way to heaven. So don't fear and worry because of everything you, you don't have right now. Rather, rejoice because you have everything you need. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.